Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, beautiful Cosmic family. So great to be with you again. Today we have another tremendous episode. We have Seth Leaf Prusansky on and we go down the rabbit hole. This is a two-parter. We talk about where water comes from, um, primary versus juvenile water. We talk about the body as a powerful magnetic field, seeing beyond the illusion and reconnecting to your power, the importance of questioning your belief system, the attitude of gratitude and being honest with yourself facing your own death and truly living. So that's a bit of uh, part one, man. We really we really go deep on this one. It's a really amazing episode. I know you're going to love it. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. The easiest thing that you could do is leave me a review in iTunes. I want to thank uh, Canoeist7, which is a great name, which is titled Gem. And it says, thank you so much, Matt. I've been listening to this podcast as well. As I'm traveling and have gone to some really cool mental places, whilst staring out the windows of trains, planes, and automobiles. I appreciate the variety of topics and being introduced to new ideas and concepts. So thank you so much for uh, taking a moment to leave that review. Thank you so much, those of you guys who are supporting me on Patreon. That's really great. Um, I've had the first person want to mail me out something. Uh, David Lombear just talks about the energetic exchange. Um, so it could be like a little picture or it can be like anything silly. So if you want to mail me something, sure, I'll receive it. Um, and just I thank you for your support. You guys are really amazing. And uh, I'm glad that you're loving the show. Um, for those of you guys who want coaching, just go to the coaching forum. I'm Matt Belair, and thanks so much to my sponsor, um, Perium, who is incredible. They have all the best stuff. They have CBD now. It's non-GMO, organic, the best of the best for cleansing, proteins, supplements, everything. And it's a $50 gift card if you just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health and use activate health. And that's it. Um, you can also sign up for the email list. That's all great. And uh, oh, yeah, when you guys have aha moments, just screen screen capture that and share it on your Facebook and tag me. And if you want to go a little bit further and share what the aha moment was and what it meant to you and, and what you realized, that sharing, that sharing knowledge, that sharing aha moment, that's going to inspire someone else. They're going to get that learning. You're going to open them up. So sharing is incredibly powerful. So sharing the episodes, sharing your aha moments, time coding them. And just go Matt Belair podcast, share it on my Facebook. And, uh, you know, the more of those we can get out there, we're really spreading the message. We're spreading the vibe. We're spreading what we're learning. We're sharing what I, we're learning. So if you want to support, that would be amazing. So um, before we get into it, let's uh, go into a peaceful state of coherence with the intention to be loving and kind to ourselves, to make that firm commitment. So just taking a deep breath in through your nose connecting to universal energy seeing powerful white golden crystalline light coming down from the universe pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day now taking another deep breath in through your nose and just double this commitment to be loving and kind to yourself that this is your fundamental operating system 
is to be loving, kind, and supportive to yourself. All of your internal dialogue from now on is loving, kind, and supportive. Making that firm commitment to yourself as you breathe out all old programming, self-criticism, self-doubt, self-hate. Just letting that go. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose. Doubling this commitment to being loving and kind to yourself, to being your best supporter, your greatest supporter, and just see yourself over the days and weeks and months and years ahead being your number one cheerleader. And now send that energy and love and compassion and that self-acceptance and that wholeness to all beings on the planet, wishing them peace and coherence and love and compassion. And see that energy come back to you, magnified a million fold, and just letting it receive in the center of your chest and your heart. Just allowing that energy in to be accepted. And I'm sending you that energy and just allow all of that in love and acceptance, total and complete love and acceptance for yourself. All right. So I feel like we're ready to get into this incredible two part episode with Seth Leaf Prusansky. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest has the ability to interpret deeply profound universal wisdom from his conscious awareness of reality. Throughout the course of his life, he has learned how to mas masterfully articulate this knowing in a way that benefits those who are desperately looking for real answers to the big questions in life. He is a father and owner of two mission-driven businesses, TourmalineSpring.com and LivingNuts.com, editor of the blog TheUniversalObserver.com, spokesman for the Primary Water Institute that drills portable water in third world countries that have none, and admin of the 1111 Movement Group on Facebook. His daily life consists of grounding the principles of natural laws and higher awareness into small business structures. In his free time, he sings for a rock band, writes books, and discovers caves filled with giant gemstones and crystals, which sounds amazing. Welcome to the show, Seth Leaf Prusansky. What's up, brother? Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me here. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, man. I'm excited to get into it. You, you, know, you just came into my awareness. You sent me a note, and I was like, what are you working on? And uh, I got to look at uh, Tourmaline Spring, if I'm pronouncing that right, and yep. Everything water. Water is coming into my radar like crazy. And for the longest time, when I started to be more aware of food, water was always there too, saying, you know, alkaline water, natural water, spring water. And the challenge for me when I travel and things like that is, is how do I access it? Um, and we're getting more and more information around water. So why don't you give us a little bit of background? Because I watched some of your... Uh, interviews so a little bit of background on how you got to where you are today what you're working on and we'll go deep on water nuts consciousness and and everything that you're working on all right yeah great well first of all i totally empathize with you i don't think there's anybody who travels around on the face of this planet that is having an easy time getting access to naturally pure clean water or food we're just literally it's become a systemic condition of our species, of really business industry. It's this industrial revolution that has gone rampant, creating such toxicity in the world, such pollutants to the degree that it's contaminated even the smallest subatomic levels of everything, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink. And so this idea of what is sacred, you know, what is pure, 
it eludes most people. They can't even, you know, because I call it sacred living water. Most people just laugh at it. They cannot even begin to understand what that means or even what it suggests, you know? So I think therein is really kind of the issue of, kind of says a lot. It says like more than we're even aware of as a species, you know? We got to connect to that purity, to that inner essence, to that which is without human influence or anthropogenic input and live from that place. And that's very possible to do from a personal perspective. When we realize that and really begin to embody it, then we can reflect that and bring it out in the world around us. So that's really what my mission is in this world. And that's what I try to do through these small business structures. So. Awesome. So how did you, how did you discover water and, you know, the importance of it and, and come into the spring? Cause I even, I know that's a pretty good story in itself. Yeah. Well, you know, I live in the state of Maine and they've, you know, growing up, we've always known Maine is a water producing state. We've got the ocean right here. We've got these mountains and it's just this constant thing of water coming off the ocean, engaging with the hydrologic cycle and creating massive amounts of water. And because of that, there's big water companies here. There's multinational corporations who are, you know, mining water, essentially, you know, people mine for water. Let's get that clear. This isn't just, it's water mining. It's the same thing of any other kind of mining around the world. And there's lots of, there were lots of other smaller companies doing the same thing here, but this is known as a water producing state. And they say that Maine, Maine is to water what the Middle East is to oil or what California is to gold. So water is very, very prolific here. And so are natural springs, which is another phenomenon altogether because sadly, true natural, natural springs, authentic natural springs are pretty much on the endangered species list when it comes to drinking, drinking water. And that's part of my thing is to help people understand what a natural spring is, how it has the potential to purify water to a degree that is just un, you know, unfathomable. Like the, the Brita filter that you use, these filters that people put onto their faucets or taps or whatever, these things are composed of earth elements, but they're very small, right? So you have this little filter, this thing attached to your pipe, but it's still it's being you know, filtered through layers of charcoal or sand or minerals or whatever kind of earth elements are in there. But this same process is happening under our feet to a degree that we can't even begin to imagine. It's just this massive filtration going on inside of the earth. So, okay, so there's that, but then there's a whole other element to this that is mind blowing. You know, let me just start this. Have you ever thought where, I'm gonna ask a question. Have you ever thought about where the water comes from? The, the oceans, the lakes, the stream, like the water on the surface of the earth. Have you ever thought about where it comes from? Um, yeah, I have actually, I did a session and, um, I had to meditate on water and it was a very fascinating experience and realizing, uh, you know, it was a re I recommend everybody do that. Just do a meditation just on water. Now, when I did that, I don't know where it exactly comes from. You know, I, I really had the, the deep understanding that was in me and it was resonant and then there's oceans and then there's streams and it's kind of like going through a body like veins. You've got these bigger reservoirs and then it's even up in the sky. But then all of a sudden when you get to space or whatever, all of a sudden water stops. And so that's like, hmm, why does water stop there? And then it's in the trees and it's in all life and it's almost this like force or energy. It's the most fundamental thing in our earth, our earth sphere for life. 
and just really connected to that deeply. So I just wanted to share that, but I don't know where the heck it came from. No, I, I could use some help. <laughs> well, in response to what you just said, it's absolute. Water is the one element. You want to talk about something that has the potential to unify everybody, to bring us all together and realize what we all have in common. It is water. It's in our blood. It's every single thing. It's responsible for everything. At the highest levels, they say that our very consciousness, this miracle of life that is literally embodied in our being, is attracted or magnetized to the water of our body. That's a crazy thing to think of. But anyway, let's bring it back down to earth. We'll, we'll get into that later. I always wondered, okay, I was like, where is all the water on the earth coming from? Because I remember being a kid in school and being told that all the water that exists on the earth is all there is. There isn't really a drop more. It's just part of the hydrologic cycle. It's constantly being recycled and that's it. And it came, okay, I, I was like, wait a minute. All the water, there's not a drop more. That didn't make sense to me. So it, it can't be. It can't, this is all there is and that's it? No, there's got to be a bigger story. So then I started looking into it and asking more people, and nobody really had any good answers until my science teacher said, oh, water comes from space. I was like, what? What do you mean? Water comes from space? Like, What does that mean? And he said, yeah, all the oceans, all the lakes, everything that exists on the face of this planet came from outer space, from comets, meteorites, asteroids, you know, celestial bodies that have broken apart that had ice or moisture or some kind of water content on them, landing, coming through the Earth's atmosphere and seeding, essentially seeding the Earth with water. And I mean, there's, there's scientists who have it calculated right down to the four billion years the planet's been here, this many comets, this many asteroids, and that has created the amount of water that exists in all the oceans of the world. And I was like, wow, really? That's what these guys think. And it's like, all right, I guess if they've done the calculations, but at the same time, I knew I could feel that something's way off with that. Like, there's just something way off. Like, where they can't be coming from space. There's gotta be something else. And, okay, then I found out about primary water. Okay, which is also called juvenile water or magmatic water. And the reason, okay, what this is, is that the earth is creating water. Most of the water that comes on the planet didn't come from outside of it. It came from inside of it. The same processes that create minerals, metals, all these different elements in the earth, these rare earth elements, these common earth elements, they're being created by the earth and it's being pushed out. That's why the earth is expanding. That's why continental plates and tectonic plates shift. That's why you can see the earth is expanding. Our consciousness is expanding. The universe is expanding. And if we're not, if our state of awareness is not in a state of expansion with it, are we in reality? Well, maybe, maybe not. That's a different topic. But I found out about this concept of primary water because the spring, the source of water that I represent in the mountains of Maine, is something that even in Maine, okay, where we have springs, we have water, there's just water bubbling everywhere. This source blew my mind when I first experienced it because most springs are down low. You know, water, water doesn't flow up, it usually flows down. So for water to be ascending or being pushed up, it needs a tremendous amount of hydrostatic pressure to be able to bring it up. 
So most springs are down low because that's where the hydrostatic pressure is, you know, enough. The aquifers are pressurized to push them up. But this one's almost a thousand feet above sea level. And it's a lot of water. So think of a volcano, right? Like the, the atypical version of a volcano. It's this mountain, like a cone. And in the middle of it is this magma that erupts. This spring is kind of like that, but instead of magma in the middle, it's water. So just, just like knowing about the source and being like, wow, that like, how did that happen? Because all the springs in Maine that I see aren't like that one. So what is causing this massive amount of water to bubble that high above sea level and to be as chemically and naturally pure as it is? Because there aren't even radioactive isotopes in it, which we can get into that later. There's radioactive isotopes in everything, sadly. But it doesn't exist in this water or other water that is coming from the earth. And there's a reason for that. So by knowing about this great source in Maine and really just being like, what the heck? What is doing it? I started talking to people. I started talking to hydrogeologists. I started talking to water chemists. I had a few of them come up to the spring. My business partner had different people come up to the spring scientists and study it. And nobody could give us a definitive answer of how this much water was being pushed this high above sea level and coming out that pure. So there are a few prevailing theories. One was that in order for this kind of water to be coming up that high, it needs to come from a higher area. Because if it's coming from higher area, then it's creating the pressure needed to push that water up as high as it is. But there isn't anywhere higher than that for 50 miles around it. It's the highest point in Cumberland County and the hills, they're the foothills of the White Mountains and you know the, the northern end of the Appalachian Range here. It isn't higher than that one point. So they were like, well, all right, I don't know. We, it's not coming from this hill. There's no way that much water is coming from this one hill that it's on. But they're like, the problem with that theory is that if it's coming from the White Mountains, which are 50 miles away, then the water would be traveling horizontally through the bedrock underneath. It's not common. It's really, really rare that spring water would travel that far. But what caused them to think that, you know what, that's probably not happening is because if it's traveling horizontally, it's going through the bedrock, it's going through all the mineralogy here. And this is a highly mineralized area. And if it was doing that, the water would have a very high TDS, which means total dissolved solids. This water doesn't. It has a very, very low, low mineral content, which again is another perplexing feature. So there's like, there's no way it's coming from the White Mountains in New Hampshire and up north in Canada because there's just no way it would be coming through the ground at that surface level. There'd be tons of minerals. It'd be hard. There'd be this, there'd be that. So finally, nobody could give me any good explanations until one guy, a water chemist, said, you heard about primary water and at that point I hadn't I didn't know anything about it and he said look it's the only explanation and you know and this guy's a 40-year veteran he owned a water um, testing laboratory he worked in some of the biggest bottling companies there are this guy knows water he knows lab analysis he knows how to read water reports he understands the molecular structure of water to a degree that most people can't even relate to and he was saying this to me with a sense of like, yeah, it's probably primary water. And, and I was like, John, why, you know, why are you saying it like that? You're not like real confident. You're not giving me that surety that I'm looking for. And he's like, well, it's, it's kind of a 
contentious topic. It's a hot topic. It's something that not all mainstream science is coming to terms with. And I was like, well, what do you mean? What, tell me more, more, tell me. And he essentially explained, he's like, so this is the theory. The earth is creating water. The same magmatic processes, as I mentioned before, that are responsible for creating all the other elements that eventually surface on the planet, you know, from metals, heavy metals, to crystals, to ores, to rare earth elements. Anything that is related from geology is being created by the earth and it's going through this process that could be going on forever, you know, since the, the dawn of this planet's inception in the universe, in the galaxy. So as a result of that, it also creates water. And it's kind of a very common sense when you think of it because it can create these crazy rare earth elements then surely it can take hydrogen and oxygen and bind them together to make water because that's all really water essentially is at its base form. So it's like, yes, of course that's what it does. So then the question has become, okay, if it's creating water, which you can see sometimes, like if you see, have you ever seen a, a do you like crystals at all? Is that anything you're into? Oh yeah, man. I love crystals. I'm rocking a big one. I'm always rocking this one. You can't ever see it on the podcast though, but yeah, I'm always nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I got crystals all over the place, man. <laughs> Once you go to gem and jam, you're stacked up and you just kind of hoard your way out of gem and jam with as many as you can carry. You'll have to tell me about that. What's gem and jam? Um, it's in, it's in Tucson. It's the largest gem oh, okay. show in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know my other names. Yeah. So, then you know if you've ever seen a quartz crystal or you know there, it happens in other crystals too but they call them anhydros or a hydrolite so it's basically it's a crystal but inside of the crystal is water right have you ever seen that yeah you, like you, you twist it there's a bubble and you're like oh my god there's water how did that water get in there this crystal was formed inside of the earth right it wasn't outside of the earth and water got injected into it it formed inside of the earth and it formed its own water. So the water you're seeing in these crystals, like a quartz crystal like you have on right now, is roughly three to 500 million years old. So the water that's in that crystal is three to 500 million year old water. That's pretty like, just, just considering things like this opens my mind up a lot. It really makes me think a lot deeper about water in my own body, water in the planet. Like what does this mean for our species at a time when we're literally, we're like, it's evolve or die. That's kind of where we're at with where the world is at with everything right now. It's time to wake up, to consciously evolve, to become hypersensitively aware of our true essence and live from that place. And water is one of the biggest and best and most profound keys that we have to unlocking that self-realization and then self-actualization. So anyway, let me back up water okay it's being formed in the earth but then the more i looked at it you know and the more this guy the reason it's controversial is see now we go into political things we go into all this illuminati stuff all the you know fear tactics of the world and all this stuff which you know whatever at, at the end of the day i don't i don't really spend a lot of time thinking about those things because you can just go off into areas that really leave you feeling disempowered and really kind of bring you to this area of like, oh, well, if I can't do anything about that, then what's the point of even giving my attention to it? But what can I do something about? That's more of what I'm interested in. And what I can do something about is to get so acutely in tune with what I have available to me. 
And what I have available to me is this body, this profound human body that has unimaginable innate intelligence pulsing all through it. And then I have this mind that has very, seemingly very little intelligence compared to the innate intelligence of my body, but I've got enough street smarts and enough common sense to equate it with, all right, if I take my little bit of intelligence and focus on this innate intelligence, will it influence my normal intelligence and start giving me the ability to think in a, an expanded perspective? Or Yes, it does. And I've tested it time and time and time again. The answers to everything we seek, things that we don't even know we seek, are found within us. Every great religious tradition in the world tells us this. Every great spiritual tradition. Everybody who is truly coming from a selfless place and has realized this is going to do their best to impart this profound universal truth upon others because it's a key to liberation. It's a key to end suffering. And it enables us to have the ability to really tap into our potential and live from that place. All right, back up again. I'm, I'm getting off topic here. I'm going to start channeling going off to a whole No, lot. no, I like it. And so just for clarity, what is that? Just I want to hear you say it again. What's that one universal truth that you share? Can you just say that? Well, there's a bunch of them, but it's basically profound <laughs> innate intelligence in our body, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I'll just add add that and, and continue to rant because it's wonderful. Uh, the courses that I'm doing and and you know even the brain stuff, I'm doing some stuff on the side, you know, through the podcast. People aren't aware of uh, breath techniques and things like that. However, the gnarliest mofos that I'm interacting with are all about we don't need to die, and they're way smarter than me. And I'm you know I'm scraping by. I do okay. Um, and two, the body is the intelligence. It's the suit. The body actually has the intelligence so i kind of like have it as like you're kind of like the child dum-dum strolling around in this infinitely intelligent thing the body that has you know what i mean it, the one example i i give is like if you're just walking like in a supermarket or something or, or wherever and a tiger comes in you might like parkour over the friggin uh lettuce and then jump up on a rack and then your body is going to be somewhere hanging from a rafter and be like, oh my God. And then the mind will kick in and be like, what just happened? And I'll try to figure out what I just done, but the body will just save you, you know? And so it goes so far beyond that. So I just wanted to add that and just kind of double down because that's the information that I've been getting. It resonates with me um, just on a personal note. And the stuff that I'm looking at for activating my consciousness is a lot to do with activating my, my body and giving it that innate intelligence. So I agree with you. And please go on. God. And look at, this is really what it's all about. Water, you know, the converse, like all these are elements that kind of get us to the next level. But what we're talking about right now, that's really what it's about. And it's, it's actually very simple. You know, we have genetically and ancestrally evolved with a very limited perspective of what we think reality is and what others have told us it is. And so our very human minds create very limited parameters that we perceive the world through. And when you have a bunch of people, like say seven, eight billion, whatever on the planet, all thinking within these relative parameters of what they perceive re reality to be in this moment, you know, with the conditioning and the influence of what others have told us about it in the past, it can make it very difficult to break through into a much deeper understanding of 
the potential we have available to us. But guess what? That in and of itself is our own illusion. There is nothing in between us and really truly awakening and evolving to levels that as far as we know, may never have even yet been, a, as far as we know, we are on the cutting edge of human evolution on this planet. We absolutely are. Sure, we can speculate there's this on that planet or that on this planet, but let's just focus on what we have right now and what we know. Because I know for me, that's way more empowering. I get way better results. And you know what? From that place, the future looks bright. Screw this gloom and doom. Forget all the fear tactics. You know what? It's a miracle that anybody or anything has the chance to exist at all. These bodies are literally temples. They are temples for our intentional activation of this soul, this energy that's inside of us, to literally get by using what little bit of intelligence you have and attuning it to this innate intelligence of the body, a bridge happens, literally a bridge where the energy that is actually causing your heart to be and giving your, allowing your lungs to breathe and allowing you to see through these eyes, that energy suddenly becomes, it reveals itself for what it truly is. And then you no longer end with your skin. Your body doesn't stop with your face or your skin or the end. You literally begin to come out of your very own body. And you realize that, holy, holy, literally, holy crap, there's an energy field in and around not only every cell from the smallest subatomic sub microscopic level, but the whole of my organism creates a profound, ineffable energy field that if I just give my attention to it and pay attention to it, it literally will start giving attention to me to my intention to pay attention to it. And in doing that, this bridge is creating, it's almost like a ripple in time. It just rips open the fabric of the normalcy, the way things have appeared to us in these short lives. And literally, we begin to experience the essence and the reality of what we are, which is nothing short of a complete miracle. And if anybody ever tries to convince us otherwise, then you know very well that they don't know what they're talking about. Because how can we not be humbled? How can, I mean, if I really start pondering my own existence, I will get on the floor and start crying, just tears of joy, thanking God, the universe, whatever name you want to give to that, which is nameless, undescribable, impossible to imagine, and thank it for affording me, allowing me the opportunity to experience reality in this form, because everything is possible. Anyway, did we just go off? <laughs> Oh, brother. Now, I, I love it. And I'd like to suggest that that water has just like a little bit of like magic mushrooms in it. And that's what's doing it. Because I can totally relate to what you're saying on both spectrums. One, through meditation, having that direct experience. And it's a direct of the God, the unknowing, the ineffable, all of that. Two, I've had it through ayahuasca. Three, I've had it through mushrooms. Four, I've had it spontaneously. And they're all the same. And, you know, science will say it's a DMT experience. So then when you're telling me all this stuff, it's like, okay, cool. You can get it through altered states. Um, but to get it naturally, it actually, it was the clean, really clean diet, uh, really clean diet, really clean water. And all of a sudden, it's like you're in a brain fog. 
And so if you've never experienced outside of the brain fog, you'd be like, okay, there's an energy body and this and that. It's like, no, no, no. Like I, it, and then it's like, I know it's, I've been out. It's like, like a turtle popping his head out. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is wild. It popped back in. So, you know, your continued energy of the water and what it's doing um, is magical. And when I had Unity Grace on, who is this oracle ascended being, just angel, goddess, whatever she is, something else. Um, you know, she's like, and a few people have said this, the fastest way for you to evolve your consciousness, and I've heard this in channelings as well, at this point in time is the water. Because you're 80, 90% water, water is in all things, water vibrates, you're a vibratory being. And so you can suspend disbelief and you're looking at the water. I'm teaching my nephew how to eat. And, you know, my sister, I love my sister, but she's giving him too much friggin' cheese, too much meat, and like too much sugar. It's like, yo, look, at, like this is changing him. And he's like, oh, I, I don't want this. I only want this. I only want this. I'm like, yeah, buddy, if I eat ice cream all the time. So I go and like explain that I grab some bathroom chemical i'm like you see everything written here and all is like these are chemicals these aren't good for you i was like this is just a banana this is what you want you know what i mean i was like you might not like it as much as straight up ice cream but explaining and once you start to fuel the body correctly then you're opening up and then you're also talking about the awareness of possibility one of the easy ways that i like to explain it is in through sport if you if you don't believe you can land a backflip on a snowboard you can't if you spend one day with me and you've never snowboarded in your life and I one or two days and you're going to be turning, if you 100% believed you could do a backflip and committed to it and I showed you how, you could probably land it. It's actually not that hard. So with this activation of possibility and consciousness, that's a very fundamental starting point. And how you start to experience it is through action and what you ingest with your body. And that's why, you know, I'm teaming up with a few people on, on stuff like the food and the diet and things like that of, of how I want to get that, you know. Um, um, yeah, I just had Dave Sandoval on. He, he was one guy that was recommended and he talks about GMOs. And then when you see that, then you find the big bad Illuminati and, and the corporations because they're just right there giving you McDonald's. And you're like, oh, I got to avoid that. So what do I build? What do I put in my body and how do I get it? Because this GMO, uh, this whatever is not serving me and it's, it's making me denser and not lighter. So that's my rant. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> That's essentially it, you know, all these different substances, all these, they show us the window, but essentially what the window is, the deeper you look into it, the more lucid, the more clear you become, it's really just a matter of purity. That's why children, children have such awe and wonder. They're like, they're naturally in this, like, <gasps> anything is possible kind of state. We're still like that. We are still like that now. And it really just takes the realization that much of how we think we perceive the world was never really ours to begin with. We just, it's learned behavior. And we've learned to accept the appearance of things and just think it's normal. Oh, that's normal. Really? Because last time I, I checked, we're on a spinning rock, you know, if, unless it's flat, which who knows, but we're but essentially we're on a blue and green spinning rock out in the middle of space okay what's going on mcdonald's corporations no what's going on is space that's what's going on that's what nature is that's what's going on on this planet the only thing that's not in alignment with that are people but we are we just don't seem like we are so 
it's our job, those of us who are able to observe or see beyond the appearance or the illusion of things, to do the work, to take responsibility really for just perceiving things as they are or questioning it. Like, okay, if I'm, if I feel polluted, if I feel like there's something inhibiting my ability to have a deep natural understanding or connection to this flow state or this energy, what is it? Because that's the work. That's the real job. You have to rewire your sense of self, rewire your perspective of reality until this natural purity begins to bubble up inside of us, the purity of our soul, just like a spring out in the woods of Maine or in the mountains somewhere. That natural purity bubbling to the surface is the carrier for the essence and truth of reality. And you know what? It's available to everybody, everywhere, at all times, and there is nothing or no one that can take that from us unless we allow it. And we just don't know that we allow it, and that's where the issue comes in. So that's what you do. That's what I do. That's what this big movement of people is doing. We're out here just saying to everybody, guess what? You already have everything that you've ever needed to transform not only your life, but the entire course of this planet, because it's only just a matter of perception anyway. Anyway. Heck yes. <laughs> I was going to give you like a slow clap. I was like, yeah. I, I was hoping you're going to keep going. I, I'm so well, down I will, with that. But I don't want to take up too much space because like, no, no, keep that's my favorite. I just listen. I'm hearing it. It's good. Um, so I'll just, I'll just double down and, and totally agree. It is perception to me. I've been trying to figure out the difference between an awakened person woke, which that hashtag pisses me off because most people don't even know what that means awakened and not awakened. And it's like, Oh, is it Illuminati? It's just, they get so confused. It's connecting. Like the few things that I've discovered is you take a hundred percent responsibility for yourself and your life, no matter what has happened, because if you don't, then you're not a creator, you're a victim. You have to, um, Two, you become of service to others. You think about, okay, maybe I'm not going to go try and take my neighbor's PS3. I don't know. Or you'll go and try and uh, like, hey, I wonder how I could help that person. I wonder how I could help others. And you start to connect with your own divine nature. You take the lens and you look in. And then another one while I'm ranting, it's coming up, is you start to question and, and configure your own reality from within. And so people don't understand, like I've done a lot of like personal development, things like that. You know, it comes out, one of them was like, oh, Matt, what are your values? So I go through this whole different thing. And then they go, okay, which one of these is your mom's? And I was like, oh, shit. And then so these three were my mom's. I was like, which ones are your dad's? It's like, oh, it's that. I thought they were mine, and they weren't mine. And so then I got to write to the core of who I was in, in those things. So really rewiring and questioning reality because people are looking at what's normal. When I was looking at you know 50 hours a week uh, or 50 weeks a year and two weeks off, in, in 40 hours a week, like that is not normal living. I don't see any natural animal or thing or somebody experiencing life as that a normal thing, but they accept it. You know, all these, you know, I don't see war as normal. I don't see the way society is set up as normal. I see it as uh, needing massive repair and, and I don't want to sign up for that. I'd rather try to create something that came from with, within with, uh, with aligned with who I am. And so um, your perception of reality is is everything. And that's why it takes courage once you connect to that to actually start living it because um, your heart and your infinite being knows it's eternal. It knows you don't die. Now, religion in the past has used that 
fear of death because if you don't do this thing, these 20 Hail Marys, you know, this certain way, you burn in hell for all of eternity. That is scary as bananas. And so when you know that that's not real, that you are not going to burn in hell for all of eternity, that you're infinite, and then that this is an experience that you're having, you now empower yourself with the creator. And that's you and source, like that, that divine natural essence, the thing that when you're a bear, the bear goes out in the woods, he does his thing. He's not really worried about what the other bears are thinking or, you know, get his insurance on time. He's just living and being. And if we're evolved past bears, past animals, and they're such incredible creatures that connect with, you know, how do the, you watch BBC Planet Earth and what animals do to live and how they live in these extraordinary circumstances. And they're all taken care of. And there's carnivores and there's little guys underneath. How are they all living? Like it's a cycle, but it's ludicrous. So how as we as advanced species are actually so dumbed down in our mind and, and we're all stressed and we're all worried and we're ruining the planet and we're not, and we're not in harmony with everything around us. You know, we're at it, we're disharmony. So we've got to come back to harmony within ourselves. So that's just my doubling down on yours. And I'll just throw it back without a question and see what you want to add on. Oh, absolutely. Look, you, I mean, it's spot on and you know what, we're all going through it. Everybody is going through the same thing. You know, but the trick becomes, how do you not react to the appearance of things? And a lot of people struggle with this because like you said, it either, life, no matter what it presents to you, it will either put you in a, po- in a mode of becoming empowered or it will disempower you. And the, the trick is, the key is the way you relate to the experience of what life presents to you. Most people, because... we've been trained to perceive things as I'm me and you're you and this is that and this is it. We have these preconceived notions and belief systems of appearances and all they are is appearances. When you really begin to deconstruct, okay, just because I think this is a cup, does that mean it's a cup? I know this sounds kind of weird talking in this way, but it's literally like undoing everything that we think we know about the world until we get to a place where we're no longer thinking that we have anything figured out. We're no longer believing that our experience right now is dictated or determined by our past. And instead, we just begin to have a direct experience of existing in the moment as it actually is. But even the moment isn't real because there isn't an actual moment in time. So even that whole thing of being in the now, even so when you're in the moment and you're in the now, then what? Well, if there's no time, then there can't be any now. Then what is there? There's only awareness. There's only consciousness. There's only this perceived appearance of the way things appear to be. And so what I do, and I think many others do it and have been doing it forever, is I just sit back and say, okay, I don't know anything. I actually have no clue. Everything that I thought I knew about anything turned out to not even really be real because there's something that's way more real beneath the surface appearance of everything that if I just allow it to be what it is, it reveals itself to me. So that sounds kind of out there and it might be kind of hard to get, but what is that essentially? It's very simple. It's almost like there's two things going on in this world. There's us, the person who we think we are, right? Our human personality, I'm Seth, this is my job, this is what I do. But then there's this other part of me, of Seth, 
it's this energy, it's this miracle of life that's causing my heart to beat, my lungs to breathe, to have sight through my eyes, to be able to hear through my ears, that's allowing these normal functions of my body to exist. And that is way, 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 way more intelligent than I am. Way more. And it's really, really got these, there's an electrical quality that allows all of this to take place that seems to be missing from the equation of most people's perspective of reality. I mean, we're so dumbed down. I don't even like using that word because I think that's just an appearance too. But we're so conditioned to just think that, you know, what we see around us is all there is. You know, I mean, most people can't even imagine what's going on in the next town where they live because they're just so tunnel vision, right? We've got this tunnel vision, but you have to ask yourself, is this little tunnel that you're seeing through, do you really believe that there's nothing outside of that? You know, and then you have, if you're logical, if you're being rational with yourself, you have to say, you know what? Obviously there's something there. And so I call this kind of self-inquiry, expanding the inner and outer edges of the thought process. We have literally created a mental prison. We have so long in this life and through other lives and as a species become so conditioned to how we perceive the world that we've literally created this species-wide collective thought barrier that most people are subjected to and succumb to without them even realizing it. But that barrier actually is only this big compared to what it's, what's containing it. And what's containing it is infinity. And that infinity is, like you said, we don't die, nothing dies, nothing is born. It's all one thing, evolving, continuing, expressing itself in a multitude of ways and frequencies and sights and sounds. And if we are only so blessed and lucky enough to get a chance to partake in it a little bit and become aware of that, then it blesses us with realizing how lucky we actually are. And that empowers us as opposed to victimizes us. But most people are so locked. They're jailed in this prison of ego, of self, to the degree that they've forgotten how to have gratitude for life. They've forgotten how to love life and love others and express that love selflessly. It's a very difficult thing for people to do because they perceive we perceive, I perceive, everyone does it, we perceive things as separate from ourselves. But the more we tune into the innate intelligence of our body and allow it to just be what it is, it influences the limited intelligence of our mind. A bridge happens. Then literally this divine, miraculous energy, whatever you want to call it, that is causing all these you know, autonomic functions of the body to occur, are no longer jailed inside of this prison of self. It literally begins to emerge. You could call it awakening. You could call it, there's a million ways to call it. It's the soul. It's, it's the miracle of life, but it just begins to come out. It's no longer imprisoned by this madman or madwoman or this ego, this person that believes the world to be a certain way. There's no beliefs here. There's nothing. There's only the experience of our awareness that if you become aware of that, it leads you to experiencing the awareness of the awareness. It goes on and on ad infinitum into forever. But the more objective we can be within the confines of this appearingly subjective human experience, 
the more the ultimate objectivity of the universe, of the timelessness, of the miracle of life, the more it begins to imbue itself into our normal cognitive thought processes as the human beings, as the egos we believe ourselves to be. And that process, by engaging in it, instills these virtues of universality, of unconditional love, of the kind of virtues and principles that really I feel, and so do many others, that it's time for those of us who are even slightly aware of this to really step into it, to really take responsibility for developing it further inside of ourselves, because it's this kind of perception that is going to change the course of our world. It's going to educate and enlighten those who are you know, like the Illuminati and all this stuff. Are there really evil in the world? You know, whatever. That Again, it's another thing that brings us out of empowerment. I just look at it like, is it even that? I don't know. I can't say that. Maybe all it actually is is just a lot, is ignorance. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe this whole power struggle, maybe this, you know, the people who are creating McDonald's are probably eating it. You know, the people who are destroying the planet are obviously destroying themselves, but they just don't know it our very conscience, our awareness is impacted. It's imprinted by our actions, by our thoughts, beliefs, behaviors, actions, by the way we conduct ourselves in this world. And you know what? That is unescapable. For anybody who's ever done DMT or psychedelics or sat in a cave and meditated, however, or if somebody was in a, I was in a severe car accident when I was 14 years old and all was aware of the entire thing and realized all this stuff. However it happens, it's essentially the same experience. It is life. It's the miracle of life, which is unified throughout everything, just like water is unified through all of our bodies and everything on this planet. And it is literally almost like, see, this is where this stuff gets really weird too, because it's almost like you have to like go out into it and you have to be willing to, you know, sacrifice or these are kind of hard to explain stuff, but you have to be willing to really let go of who you believe yourself to be and let go of your issues and your problems and the things that hold you back with the trust and faith that whatever you have a sense is beyond there. You just have to have faith and believe that it's going to catch you or embrace you. And that is really difficult for a lot of people. It was very difficult for me. Had I not been catapulted fully into that experience, I wouldn't be able to articulate it. I wouldn't be able to understand it in a way that can help others come to that understanding in and of themselves. Because it's not my experience, just like it's not your experience. It's everybody's experience. It's the essence of what they really truly are. Because life, which is responsible for everything going on, is literally attempting to experience itself through these very human temples that we are in. And it's just to the degree that we allow that process to unfold that it, it, it gives us blessings, it gives us gifts. And those gifts are by giving us a more wise, mature, loving, empathetic, compassionate, you know, empathic human personality. <laughs> That's really what it does, you know? So that's it. That's incredible, man. I love it. And I have to build a bridge here because it was so good and I'm with you. I get it. Um, okay. Where do I start? It's a lot. All right. 
So some of what you're talking about is what Sandra Walter refers to as divine neutrality. And so you're observing an experience and you're able to energetically stay divinely neutral as the experience is happening rather than grabbing the mind and the mind comes online and then it judges and it filters and it categorizes and square and triangle and all this kind of stuff. And then once it does that, then you feel a certain way because you, once you've categorized who you are and your life experiences and what you're observing, well, then the feeling will now come online because you've just categorized the correct thing for Matt to experience this event. And so if there's a thousand people that all witness an event, everyone is going to do their own process. It's going to come online and they're all going to have a different feeling, right? If somebody, they see somebody get hit by a car, 90% of them, probably going to feel sad and all different things. Maybe 10% feel neutral because they don't give a crap. Uh, maybe one guy's stoked on it because he's super weird. Um, you know, like who knows, but then you might have an ascended master there and they're looking and they see that and they see the compassion. They're like, Oh my goodness. Like I care. Let me help this person. But also, you know, they're, they're, they're observing from over here, what the body and what the mind, what the mat is feeling. So it's not that I'm not me. It's just, I'm not attaching to, my past programming of how I feel about the situation, if that makes sense to me. So then you talk about the cup, which is a good one. So in Zen, they'll give, you know, the people the cup, they'll give their, their students a bowl and they'll say, what is this? And the first one's like, it's a bowl. And then he gives it to the next guy and he's like, what is this? And he looks at it and then he puts it on his head like a hat. And he's like, very good. And then uh, he's just like, uh, what is this? And he gives it to the, the last guy and just smashes it. And he's like, ah, excellent. You know, he just like, when you have that child mind and if you look at a kid, you have, you know, you let them be kids because when you're an adult, that's when things get serious yeah. You know, you don't know about the serious nature of this is because it's serious because a people believe we're going to die and you do die in the physical body. Maybe some people think that we don't need to. I'm one of those. Um, and two, they think your spirit dies. And then where do we wrestle on what happens on the other side and who has touched the other side and who's the authority on the other side? And how do we listen to that? Because if we don't mess with the other side, if this life is challenging, and that one gets worse, you know? Oh God, that's some scary stuff. So I think that what happens is we, we, we bring our past and our conditioning like luggage. Every day we're just, we bring every single experience through our life to mold who we are as luggage. And we bring it up, whether it's manifests as fear, doubt, you know, as we're going through all these different things. And what you're speaking on and letting go and being, and, and having faith, it's like getting back to that primal innate ener energy of, I was talking to my buddy Jiro Taylor, who was on the podcast. He has Flow State Podcast, an amazing guy. And he was talking about his experience in life at Burning Man. And he went from one ceremony to another to like a, a Kama Sutra retreat to like just, uh, no, no, Tantra. <laughs> God, which would be fun too. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he just, when he was explaining to me, I was like, bro, that's like universal flow state. He just was like, they all this stuff was lining up because he's just surrendering, surrendering, surrendering. And so what I, what I thought of was like the idea, and I've heard this before from Dolores Cannon, I think it was her. And she said, the mind in this universe, in this dimension is so powerful that every single time that you are faced with a choice, you do both and you experience both. And I was like, that's an interesting thought. Um, because I have been to these realms that when you come to this one, you're like, I'm in a video game. I know that this is some sort of video game and they're trying to make me believe it's serious and it yeah. does look serious and it does look frightening and it can be really hard.
Um, so then when you're speaking there, you know, about Illuminati, you look at food and I've done that thing. I've been to the dark of the dark of the dark and it's just horrendous. Um, and if I'm snowboarding on a mountain, does it affect me really? Or am I just being ignorant and I got to go fix that thing? So I kind of weave it around and I, and I alchemize it and figure out, is there an action step that I can take to be of service for a problem that I see? And so we got to build the new world the best way we know how um, that we're aligned with. So then I was just imagining as we come online, connect with source. What you're talking about is connecting to spirit. And when you connect with spirit, your heart's on, your spirit body's on. You're like, I feel good. Yes, things might happen. You know, I was in financial stuff, right? And I was like thinking about it with my buddy. I was like, the worst thing that could happen to me as a Canadian is somebody would call me on the phone. They would ask me for money. And I would tell them I had it or not. That's literally the worst case there, which is ridiculous. I might not have some of the toys I wanted and that would be annoying and I want to thrive. I'd rather thrive and support. That's a way better reality. And that's the one that I'm designing, designing that one. But it's, it's taking full faith of the other spectrum, letting fully go of letting the universe support me how it can support me. Um, so if it is this powerful and we're designing through our mind and through our emotion as we observe life like a monkey would or some sort of natural creature, which how they all live in, in flow without stress and without all these different things, you could literally fractal a reality where anything could exist. You can be on paradise in this earth or you can be in total hell. And I used the equation of being in the military or something. You could go in the military and literally be in war right now on the planet and have all of this storyline why that's intense and that's important. Or, and you could literally have a life where you have a community and your favorite thing is to do art and you're teaching youth art or whatever, but you've let go of everything of the story of security of who you are, of your limitations, of your past luggage, your memory, your trauma. And you started to connect with that like inner voice, that inner knowing, that inner guidance. So now as I've done my best to draw the bridges for your amazing connection and um, you know, really I think the core of it was connecting to spirit, to nature, to God, to the source and be it. And you're observing it. You're not trying to force it. You're allowing. And then I've heard it so many different times and it's annoying too. They're like, just allow life to go through you. It's like, well, I got three kids. One of them's always pissing me off. I got bills. You know, I got, my wife is on my crap about this. I got this thing going on too, Seth. Smarty pants. Why don't you come over here with your water, stick your butt in my situation and just live through it. And I know that they're thinking that because I even think that too. And I get both sides. So throwing that back at you, how, how do we get into that nature in the middle of the baloney that we're in with the belief sets we have with the responsibilities, because there are real responsibilities. We are in 3d. We got to get hockey skates for kids. If we're in Canada, they got to play football. If they're in the States, whatever the case is. So how do we bridge those two and make it happen? All right. First of all, amazing (laughs) i love how you brought up but you know what it sounds like to me bs belief system that's that's like oh no sounds like bullshit no (laughs) all bs it's all belief systems and so you know becoming one with the universe or this isn't actually something that's outside of us and in fact it's something that is closer to us than the appearance of anything in this world that takes us away from it. Okay, there's 
what is actually going on is this miracle of life. It's the only thing that's actually really going on. What is secondary is the appearance that we're not unified with all consciousness. And that has brought us to a place where as a species, we have developed, we have generationally evolved with such a limited perception of reality that it has boxed us in to these very general relative thought parameters. So common sense, right? Again, we got to start like, first of all, something's missing. All right, I have this life. Why, you know, for, this is what I ask myself. Is something going to empower me or is it going to disempower me? You know, sure, I got to live in the world. I got to function. I got to create things. I have to work. I create businesses. I do all kinds of things. But it's my relationship to the way I do them that either empowers me or disempowers me or breaks me down. So it's, you know, your attitude of gratitude. The more I choose to take time for silent contemplation, to really consider these things and be real with myself. Okay, let's, let's just be totally real for a second. And I want to put one thing out there because I want you to remind me about it because it's so important, but feelings and emotions, okay? Let's come back to that. But right now, I'm going to go into this, okay? What else is there that matters, okay? When we're being as real as we can with ourselves, when we're being as self, as honest, as brutally honest as we can with ourselves, from what we know, according to what most people have told us, according to the conditioning of the world, according to religious beliefs, according to societal beliefs, cultural beliefs, familial beliefs, whatever, everybody pretty much thinks the same thing. You're born, you're suddenly in this body, you have this very short life experience, and then you die. Okay, that's what most people believe, right? And that is very scary considering all the things we've been told about it that most people don't even want to face it so then this is what i ask people how realistic is that how how honest are you being with yourself if you're not just sitting down and saying all right look let, let's be really objective here let's really consider this from a vantage point that is both in and outside of ourselves. how honest are we being with ourselves if we're just living this life, doing whatever we're doing, and then we die, that's not good enough. There's, like, why not face that with, okay, what's on the other side of that? What is that? Is there another side of it? Is that real? What is it? Because you know what? If we really, truly begin to face that and really come to terms with it, not later in life, not after you've put the kids to bed and you've got a minute to yourself or after you retire, which is most people do, face it now, even if it's only for 30 seconds at a time, but really come to terms with what am I doing here? What is this life? What is this stuff? And not being okay with the mundane appearance of what everybody wants us to believe, but instead taking a leap of faith and saying, you know what? There's got to be something more. There's got to be something real. And there is. And again, it's closer to us than anything else that, see that is unreal seeming. Our very heartbeat is that energy. It's the oneness of the universe. It is the ineffable, indescribable, most profound, mind-numbing, mind-blowing, soul-experiencing 
perspective bit of reality we can come to terms with, and it's right here and right now. I wrote a quote that says something to the effect of, the second most miraculous thing there is next to the miracle of life itself is the fact that there are so many people alive who have forgotten how miraculous life truly is. The point being, how can you not know how miraculous life is when that's all it is? That's all it is. This appearance of things, the way the world is, the wars, and like talking about wars, okay, yeah, I've never been through a war. A lot of people in the Western world are not going through things that people in third world countries are going through. Right now on this planet, people are the, the worst atrocities ever. We know this. There's people starving to death. There's people who don't have pure water to drink. There's people who are drinking, you know, the most horrific water there is. There's child mortality. There's you know, gunfire, every kind of atrocity that exists. So if you're in that situation, then you're probably not sitting here watching this with us right now, or really trying to become aware of this stuff. So if you're not in that situation, then don't you think that maybe it's time to give a little bit more awareness to these potential realities and consider the both short and long-term implications that they have on our species and us in this world, I think there's value in it. I think there's tremendous value. In fact, I don't think there's anything but value in that and everything else has no value next to that. But we have to come to that in our own terms. You know, I, I, I don't read that much. I'm not a big reader, but I, I did read a book about, um, oh God, I can't even remember his name, but he was in, shame on me for forgetting but whatever i don't I, I hardly remember my own name and i don't even remember what i did this morning anyway but this he went through the concentration camps in nazi germany eli weisel maybe i don't know he wrote a book victor frankel man victor frankel thank you duh Sorry. <laughs> you read about his experience and he said something you know here we are like literally you're in the worst situation imaginable like that's that's not just war you're not getting shot you're being gassed to death but stored in a place where you know it's not happening anytime soon it's a slow process of decay and he's just watching everybody around him lose it and fall apart and rightfully so but he said there's the rare few in that situation who suddenly became numb to the whole thing who suddenly almost turned they became unaffected to it and they rose above the the unimaginable suffering they're being subjected to and begin to just be at peace with how ugly life was in that moment and he believed he wrote about it in some way i don't remember I, i'm not going to quote him verbatim because i don't do that but he said something to the effect of he felt like people in that situation and people who have been through things like that are the ones that are helping our species take quantum leaps in our self-awareness and self-actualization. And my point in saying all this is, at what point do we really, as individuals, really begin to consider that everything we've been taught to believe about reality might not be so believable when you really consider what reality has to offer right here and now. When I look underneath my feet outside on the earth and I look at the detail of everything, it is mind-blowing. When I look up to the stars at night and just can sit like mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And guess what? What is 
what does something going on on the other side of the galaxy have to do with anything that humans are doing right here? Or what is some microscopic bacterium, you know, a mile beneath my feet, have anything to do with what we're doing as a species? I think it has everything to do with it, everything. And when enough individuals really begin to consider things from this augmented perspective, but not just consider it from a mental perspective, really begin to feel into it, okay? Open up our hearts, and I'm gonna go into the feeling things here. And then you begin to perceive reality from a place that is not wired behind the eyes, where most people are stuck. They're so like stuck in this point between their eyes, behind their head, that they can't even connect to the rest of their body. You know, the, the, this is what we're dealing with here. Most people are that limited in their self-perception. But when you begin to realize, holy moly, I can literally begin to perceive reality from different points in my body. One thing I do, I can feel my pulse in my little pinky. I can feel it in my little toe. I can feel my pulse anywhere in my body. And when I do that, I can literally begin to perceive reality from wherever that pulse is. The more I practice that, I know it sounds weird to people, but the more somebody practices something like that, the more they go inside, the more they develop that awareness, the more results come that lead us to this experiential self-awareness that is limitless in nature and design. So anyhow, let me ask you this. Talk about feelings, right? Emotions. Talk about the miracle of life. What is, what might that feel like? Can you imagine? Like, try to explain to me. Like, what do you, yeah, what, what does the miracle of life feel like? I feel like it would be. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I know that I did. This is only part one. We, we go even more down the rabbit hole of self-love, acceptance, and interesting topics in part two. If you liked parts, please just snap, you know, take a picture of the screen, share your aha moments and just tag Matt Belair podcast, share it on your Instagram or Facebook or wherever. But when it's tagged and you share it on my Facebook, we can get this collection of these aha moments and we're going to awaken together. There's so much value in sharing. So please just share those aha moments. A few of you have been doing that so uh, Jeremy Carbone, thank you so much, my brother, and a few others have kind of already done it. So even if it's multiple ones, share as many as you feel called to. And if you want to write even more about it in, in your experience, you know, the more you share, the more valuable it is. So um, thank you guys for those of you who are doing that, for sharing the podcast, for supporting over on Patreon. If you want to send me something in the mail, just send me an email. I'll, I'll happily take your pictures and drawings. Um, like I said, David says there's something energetic about something physical. So um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big and, uh, you know, you could mail me a 25 cents, but I guess there's something in the, the energetic frequency of something physical. So, um, there's Patreon, there's that, um, saying hi on social is all great too. So I love, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much to my sponsor, Purium. They're epic. Highly recommend checking them out using the $50 gift card, uh, getting yourself some CBD, getting a supplement, getting, they have just a ton of amazing products in the $50 gift card you know, might get you something for free or just a big discount on, on something. Um, but if you look up CBD, it's all amazing stuff. And it's something that we should all be taking as far as I know anyways. Um, but please do your own research always. And just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health. And if you use the code activate health, um, then you get that $50 gift card from the sponsor. 
So that's it. For those of you guys who want coaching, just mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Sign up for the email list, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, check out Zen Athlete. Send a book to your friend. If you want the uh, ebook, I'm happy to share that uh, to anybody who's in sports. And you know, if you know any athletes and somebody who's teaching kids, happy to educate them. And, and really, it's a book of self-mastery. So if you haven't read it, pick it up. It's an incredible book, um, just basically designed for self-mastery and uh, a really easy read with amazing practical tools. And I'm going to stop ranting now and just go into this last meditation here with the intention to make a firm commitment to be loving and kind to yourself and your number one supporter, like, you know, your mom, your best friends, you know, everybody. And that's who you're going to be for yourself. So set that intention now to be your number one best supporter. Taking a deep breath in through your nose, imagining powerful universe, universal crystalline platinum light filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being connecting to all life all life in the universe and just breathe that out slowly with all the cares and all the worries and all the doubts and all the self-criticisms now taking another deep breath in through your nose and just solidifying this commitment to be your number one supporter and seeing this energy with the light just activate in every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being making this 100% firm unwavering commitment and just letting out slowly all the doubts, all the self-criticism, all the critical internal dialogue, all that old programming, just letting that go. All the non-acceptance, just letting that go. One more deep breath in through your nose, connecting to this firm commitment of being your number one supporter, being totally loving, kind, and compassionate to yourself, and just seeing this activate through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being, and seeing every day and every week every month, every year, just being totally supportive for yourself and wishing this on all beings, self-love, self-acceptance, inner peace for all beings and radiating that energy out to the entire planet, recognizing yourself as a multi-dimensional creator being, wishing this awakening and this love to all beings. And I'm sending you that energy, all my love and support to allow you to encode this now into every cell, every muscle, every molecule and to go about your days and weeks with this new commitment, this new perspective, this new decision to be loving, kind, and supportive to yourself. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in part two in a few days.